1: leaves off of the stone From the grave I look up the hill, same old trees stand there still And it's a little bit sweet It's a little bit bitter In my old bed I fall asleep and the spirits visit me i wake up and i'm all alone stuck inside my skin and bone and it's a little bit sweet it's a little bit bitter Love is made to be that's I hold my little boys and feel them growing up so fast. That's the way Stops the clock She looks in mine Precious moment I'm holding on Then she blinks And the moment's gone Then she blinks And the moment's gone Bittersweet That's the way Love is made sweet That's the way
2: we pretend that we have it all together and that we've done nothing wrong, we are delusional and we are not fooling God. But when we are honest and vulnerable, we receive God's grace and forgiveness. And not only that, God begins this work to transform us from the inside out. As God's people, let us be honest with ourselves and with one another as we confess in prayer. Let us pray. Merciful God, forgive us. Forgive us, we pray, for hoarding your blessings and not sharing them with others. Forgive us when we keep silent when a word is needed. And when we speak when silence is the better course. Forgive us when our hands remain idle, when they should be messy working with your people, and when our hearts remain distant from your call to love one another. Forgive us, O God, encourage us, empower us, and make us disciples who graciously and authentically share the good news of Jesus Christ with the world. Let us pray in silence. Jesus returns us to ourselves. He looks us in the eye and he sees who we are. And he returns us to ourselves. So beloved, receive this good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Which means that we get to live at peace. Thanks be to God.
0: Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Acts, and to give a quick background, Acts is the story of the early church, and immediately before this scripture, John and Peter uh, were both in Jerusalem, and they heal a beggar. They heal someone at the outside of the temple gate who had lived with physical um, impairments all his life. So here hear now God's word to us, Acts chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came to them. And they were much annoyed because they were teaching to the people and proclaiming that in Jesus there is resurrection of the dead. So they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day. And many of those who had heard the word believed, and they numbered about 5,000 And the next day, the rulers and elders of the scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and all those who are part of the priestly family. When they had made the prisoners stand in their midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name do you do this? And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders If we are questioned today because of a good deed done to someone who is sick, and we are asked how this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that this man is standing before you in good health by the Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom was crucified, whom God raised from the dead. Friends, this is the word of God to us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Have you ever gotten to that point of frustration or maybe anger, maybe sadness, maybe even regret when the only viable option is to put both hands on the steering wheel and just shake it? Now this doesn't happen often for me, but when it does, I know that I'm in a pretty bad place. I'm overwhelmed, I'm anxious. I'm exhausted. Do y'all know what that feels like? For me, I think of this specific moment last spring. I was actually driving here to Columbia to look at places to live once I would move here. But there was a lot going on last spring. I mean, the COVID-19 pandemic was raging. There was all this fear and uncertainty in the world of what was all going to happen? How long would this all last? And things weren't looking great. In addition, I had been living with my girlfriend at the time, now fiancé, Gardner, and spending a lot of time with her six-year-old son, Brooks. While Gardner had to work, Brooks, like the rest of the world, was doing school virtually. And although I had known Brooks for some number of years at that point, spending 24 hours a day together and acting as caretaker, homeschool teacher, and although neither of us knew, future stepfather, well, it was a bit overwhelming. Y'all, I didn't know what I was doing. I still don't really know what I'm doing. Jumping into quasi-parenthood at age 25 with a six-year-old led to some pretty tense situations. Led to a lot of learning, a lot of tantrums from everyone involved, and even more grace. Grace. And then I had also just completed my final year of seminary online, and I was sad about the way my final semester ended. Like so many things in COVID, it felt taken from me. I was angry over time lost with friends, over time lost with professors and colleagues, and the lack of an in-person graduation left me wanting, wanting some kind of closure that I would never get. And then also at the same time Gardner my fiance who works at a director at a girl's summer camp was making this really difficult decision to close camp for the summer all 11 weeks of their programming gone because of the pandemic it was something that this camp had never done in its 100 year existence and it was a really emotional decision So there I was in the middle of all this, trying to move to Columbia to start a job as my first job as a pastor. I was real still confident in the way that the Holy Spirit had called me here, but I was overwhelmed. And I was afraid about what this would all entail, especially in a pandemic, which seminary did not equip me for at all. So with all these stresses and emotions coming from all angles, That morning, Gardner and I got into a pretty big fight. I don't even remember what the fight was about, but it was like we took all the stresses and emotions from the external world and just started throwing them at each other. And at the end of this fight, I drove to Columbia alone. I was ashamed with the hurtful things I said frustrated with the way that my mind worked and angry at the countless anxious thoughts that always seemed to rush into my mind. Y'all, I felt terrible. I felt like this world that I'd carefully and intentionally tried to craft was falling in on top of me. So I spent much of that two-and-a-half-hour car ride fighting back tears, praying, and unsuccessfully trying to shake the steering wheel. Have you ever been to this point? Maybe it's this past year, maybe this past week, maybe right now. Now all of my problems come from a huge position of privilege, it's important to name that. And I'm not here to get into some comparison of suffering or of pain, Because for one, I know that there are people in this world, people in this community who've experienced loss, who experienced pain that I cannot imagine. Watching the news reminds me every day that I, as a heterosexual, white, cisgender male, knows very little of the suffering and oppression that exists in this country. And in all truth, I don't think there's much Fruitful in undertaking such an exercise of comparing who has it worse. Conversations like that only divide. But what brings us together is the empathy that Charles talked about last week in realizing that we are all broken. Or St. Teresa of Avia said, all of our suffering is one. And I say all of this because Peter knew suffering. Suffering. The Peter that was in the scripture earlier. Peter knew regret. Peter was broken. The same Peter we see in this text as this bold public speaker and healer in the name of Jesus. Not too long before, he denied even knowing Jesus. Some of y'all might know this story, but I want to take us back into that courtyard where Jesus was arrested. It appears most vividly in the Gospel of Luke, the same author who writes Acts. And so when the guards had seized Jesus, three times Peter denied not knowing him. Three times he said, I am not with that man. Three times he distanced himself from God. Peter distanced himself from his friend, from his rabbi, from his own beliefs. And after the third denial, he did like I did on the car ride to Columbia and wept. And the day that would follow, Jesus was executed. And I imagine that if Peter had to drive away from Jerusalem, he might try and shake the steering wheel. But Peter's story does not end with the denial of Jesus did not end with him weeping and wallowing in his own apathy, just as Jesus' story did not end with his death upon the cross. Peter's story goes on. He goes on to lead the early church. He heals people. He removes strangers from situations of oppression and suffering, and he cares for them. As we read today, he boldly reminds us that these healings are not by his power or some church's power, but by the power of Jesus Who was crucified? Peter bears witness to the resurrection not only with his words, but with his life. He is a living and breathing example of resurrection, of God using the most broken and flawed people to heal the world. Broken and flawed. That sounds like me of God meeting us in our places of regret, of suffering, of death, and having the utmost empathy. Because as we know from the cross, God knows what it feels like to suffer. God knows what it feels like to be betrayed, to be overwhelmed, to feel forsaken. And I'm not here today to make some overarching statement of how God puts us in difficult situations to teach us lessons or prepare us to be better disciples because frankly, I don't believe that. I don't fully understand why suffering, why evil, why pain has to exist in the world and I don't think I ever will. But what I do feel confident in is where we can find Christ in all of that. And that's beside us. Just as he hung from the cross and cared for the thieves, I firmly believe that when we struggle, when we find ourselves in pain, when we make just awful decisions, that God's heart is the first to break. So today I feel a bit like Peter from this text. Knowing that right now I love this church. I love all the people I've met, the people that I haven't even had the chance to meet. I love the creative opportunities that we have to experience God together. As scary as it is, I'm thrilled to become a stepfather to an awesome kid, to marry an amazing woman. And most importantly, I'm grateful for the ways that God repeatedly brings about resurrection in my life when I don't deserve it at all. but I'm also very aware that there are folks who might feel more like Peter from the crucifixion and that at some point soon, I'll be right back there too. I'm going to mess up again and again. I've probably already messed up this morning. My anxiety is gonna pop back up. I'm going to distance myself from God and from people that I love just as I've done before countless times. In our lives, we walk these trails of peaks and valleys, success and failure, on paths occasionally by our own decisions, but oftentimes brought upon us by forces that are beyond our control. And so the next time we find ourselves walking a path through the valley of the shadow of death, wondering why things are falling apart, Maybe we're shaking the steering wheel. Maybe we're yelling at someone who we don't normally yell at. Maybe we're questioning God's existence all together. Let's take a breath and think hard about what it means to have faith in a God who died. I believe that being a Christian is not simply about believing that God raised a Palestinian Jew from the grave 2,000 years ago. Yes, that is a jumping off point. But where I find so much hope is that Jesus' resurrection changed everything. I find hope that it universally altered the way that we encounter not only our ultimate bodily deaths, but the daily experiences of death suffering, and pain. I find hope in believing that any finite experiences of loss are overwhelmed by God's infinite love, providence, and care. I find hope in the good news that the gospel isn't dependent with where you've been. It's not dependent with what we've done, with what we've left undone. It's really only dependent on God, on the Holy Spirit, who transforms us like Peter, who goes from denying a Savior to saving someone else's life. Peter, who goes from distancing himself from the Lord, sentenced to die, to getting intimately close and healing an outcast. Y'all, we can try to distance ourselves from God. Some of us are really good at it. We can distance ourselves from love, from those whom we love, but that will never be the end of the story. We can deny Jesus, we can do hurtful things to people who we care about, but that will never be the end of the story. We can feel like the world is falling apart with both hands tight on a steering wheel, shaking it as hard as we can. But that will not be the end of the story. Resurrection is always the end. Always. And for that, I say thanks be to God. Amen.
1: can have all this world
0: Come to this time of communion, I want to invite everybody really quickly to just stand up. And if you're inside, wave at someone outside. And if you're outside, wave at somebody inside. Whether we're inside or we're outside, we are community. You can sit back down and just know that the person you just waved at, they are broken. That's right, the person you just waved at is broken. We are all broken, but we are all welcome to this table. Being whole, being perfect, having this perfect image is not a requirement for this table. There are no requirements. God welcomes us to be fed, to be nourished, to go out into the world to nourish others and to care for others. So please join me in the great prayer of thanksgiving. The Lord be with you and, and we'll also with, with you. you. We lift up, or lift up your hearts. We lift, we lift, them, lift them up to, to the, the Lord. Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It It is is right right to give give our our thanks and praise. Let us pray. God, it is right to give our thanks and praise. We come to this table echoing the words of our musicians, give us Jesus. Give us you, God, give us the power to go out into this world and be caretakers, to break bread with strangers, to feed the hungry, to care for the sick to care for this beloved creation. God, we give you all the glory, we give you all the thanks for everything you've put in our lives. Equip us to be the best stewards of all you've given us. We praise you, God, joining our voices with choirs of angels and with all the faithful of every time and place, who forever sing to the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Amen. On the, night when Jesus, on the night when Jesus would be betrayed, he gathered his disciples, his friends, for a meal. And after giving thanks, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is, This is my body, and it is broken for you, for all of you. Whenever you eat this bread, remember me.
2: And in the same way, Jesus took the cup. And after giving thanks, he poured it out. And then he looked his disciples in the eyes and he said, This is the cup of the new covenant, which is sealed in my blood, shed for the forgiveness of your sin. Take, drink, don't forget. Scripture tells us that as often as you and I eat this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim Christ's saving grace. Thanks be to God. Amen. I invite you to find your communion, serve. Is that what we call it?
0: Wafer, I don't know.
2: Wafer. And if you pull off the purple part at the top, you can get the wafer and the juice inside. The gifts of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, you love us so much that you take on flesh so that we might see you. You take on suffering so that we might never feel alone. You take on death. And then you take on resurrection. You love us so much that you take on bread and this cup objects that we can hold in our hands and in our bellies that fill us up with your goodness, that remind us of your immense grace, you the source of love for us. And so as we are filled with these gifts now, we open ourselves to share this bread and cup with the world. We go from this table to other tables of work and home and play. And at those tables too, Lord, may we remember. May we not forget. May we share you, your good news for the world. May we return to ourselves and return our love and praise to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Ooh Ooh The night sky had broken the New year had spoken I was beside myself I stood out in the parking lot, My, my breath was streaming high I wheeled the car to start to bring me home to you Lead me back from the darkness like you do Before I knew you, I lived in the rear view To wish back an image of myself I thought was true So now when colors fade And on that day of days I needed you to say it wasn't one too And my thoughts, they followed suit I felt like Willie Loman the Mighty plans i have spoken Yes, they were illusions of a man who dreamed to be But I remember you dancing In autumn when we met You won't believe I saw it then so many years ago There was something about you I struggled to forget my blood was rushing down to you. Ooh. oh me back from the darkness, like you do. Lean me back from the darkness like you. do. Lean me back from the darkness like you do. Lead me from from the darkness like you. do, like do. Like do. Like do. Oh. Like a horse to water, knowing I'd refuse, oh.
0: good news is that resurrection speaks last. Not our brokenness, not our pain, not our failures of which there are many. The resurrection has the final word. So friends, go out into this world, love God, love people, and may the love of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds until we meet again. Friends, go in peace. Amen.